The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, another upset today. Japan beat Germany. Can you believe it? <laughs> I sure as hell can't because honestly, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I don't even know how, how to say it. Like, did I tell myself there was no way Germany was not going to put up a fight? No, absolutely not. Because... Okay, well, about Germany, yeah, of course, but also about Japan, okay? Because in the preview, when my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, when he described as Japan being the Brazil of Asia, you know, it was actually pretty spot on because, in my honest opinion, Japan never really gets the credit they deserve for being good as they are. Now, Japan is not as huge and as big in the sport of soccer as, you know, the European heavyweights like... Germany, Italy, France, England, you know, yada, yada, yada. But Japan, and you know, and their history is not as big as the European countries with soccer, but honestly, Japan really is actually a whole lot better than we can ever anticipate. So, seeing, you know, as good as they are, you know, in the style that they they have, as far as playing goes, honestly, you know, it speaks for itself. But, you know, speaking of, you know, Japan being, you know, very successful, you know, a lot of people don't know Japan has four Asian Cup titles and that, that makes them the most successful team, you know, to win the Asian Cup. I mean, honestly, when, when, when Steve's saying that, you know, that Japan is, you know, you know, the best team in Asia, you know, a lot of people bring up that argument. Some say it's Iran, some say Australia, some say South Korea, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of other good teams out there and they're all good but but Japan honestly kind of seems to be like the one that stands out the most now they did come up short in the last Asian Cup title I think you know they lost to Qatar in the final but still for Japan to have four titles in the AFC Asian Cup you know it kind of shows just how good they are now in the World Cup it's obviously a, a different story you know Japan qualified for the World Cup for the first time back in 1998, and they have qualified for all of them since. Now, unfortunately, the farthest they've ever gone was the round of 16, and four years ago, they were really, really close to making it to the quarterfinals. They, they would have become the second, I believe, the second Asian team to make it that far, and we'll never forget when South Korea, their run back in 2002, but, 
when Japan had that 2 nothing lead against Belgium, but unfortunately did not get the job done. I mean, that honestly made me a little bit sad because seeing how motivated and how passionate, how great the Japanese national team was looking, you know, for them to knock out Belgium, who of course was one of the biggest favorites to win the World Cup, you know, that would have been something huge for me personally. Now, back then, four years ago, I did not have the show that I have right now, but, you know, I still could have written about it, and that would have been, that would have been a magnificent opportunity, but unfortunately, it was not to be, so I had to wait a little, you know, I had to wait four more years, you know, to write, you know, to spend the time to give something huge about Japan, and, you know, it's really interesting, four years ago, South Korea beats Germany to knock him out of the tournament, and now, you know, Japan, you know, kind of returns a little bit of the favor, but Germany still has a chance, but I'm telling you. The way Japan played, focused, resilient, a winning mentality, teamwork, Japan looked absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, I spoke to Keith, um, one of my good buddies, Keith, and of course I spoke to my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, about this. Of course, the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain. And in my conversation with Josh, the same thing with my friend Keith, I said to them that Japan utilizes a very, very unique style of play. Now, every country has their own unique style of play, but Japan has one that you do not see in Europe. Now, I can't exactly say, describe it detail by detail, word for word. The only way to truly understand and to recognize this unique style of play that Japan uses, the only way to see is to watch the game, which I did. Okay, I'm glad normally I don't like getting up early, but this time I had I did I did honestly have to make an exception. But I'm telling you, the way Japan was playing, I mean, you could just tell because even Germany was like even Germany was astonished. Germany was dumbfounded. You see, Japan w was basically displaying introducing something to the world. Basically, everybody always says that the European national teams have the best style of play. Now, Asian teams, even the good ones, you know, they have their own different style of play. But a lot of a, a lot of soccer fans don't want to take the styles in Asia that varies very seriously, because again, the Asian national teams do not play the same style as the European teams. Now, the styles have similarities, of course, but overall, as a whole, they're not the same. And we saw that from Japan, okay. And I'm sure you know when South Korea plays. I'm sure J South Korea is very likely to introduce a unique style of their own, which, you know, could certainly prosper and excel in the Asian continent. It would certainly do them well in the Asian Cup, I'd imagine. But, honestly, seeing Japan play like that, like that and just be absolutely fearless and just ready to go, oh, boy. I mean, Japan, Japan was more pumped up than ever. More pumped up than ever, let me tell you. Oh, boy. So watching the game, and you know when you know, believe it or not, Japan, in a sense, drew first blood because you know they did actually manage to put the ball in the back of the net, but unfortunately, the goal was nullified due to an offside. And as much as I hate to say it, it was it was offside. Although the finish was brilliant, the finish was absolutely brilliant. I mean, even though the goal doesn't count, still the fact that the finish was there, we saw that skill. We we saw that 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 said something. So. So Japan was very unfortunate because, you know, they did originally supposedly take the lead, but but again, offside, uh, VER basically uh, said offside. And it, it, I mean, honestly, this time, you know, it's clear, but I don't think, I'm not, I don't remember quite if offside was actually, excuse me, if, uh, if the VER was involved because it was blatant. So, I mean, it, it was a clear offside, so... 
So not long after that, you know, Japan and Germany are still kind of battling it out, and then you get to the 30-minute mark, and then, you know, when the ja- when the Japanese goalkeeper, you know, committed a foul against a German player, you know, honestly, I kind of feel like the the Japanese goalkeeper honestly had did what had to be done because there were no defenders nearby. Like, he had to make the stop. He had to make a sacrifice for the greater good, and unfortunately... It cost. Uh, it ended up costing Japan the, uh, you know, a, a, a penalty because you know Germany was awarded a penalty, which was successfully converted, and you know that kind of made things a little bit more difficult uh, for Japan. So, so now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, well, Germany takes the lead. I mean, Germany is usually not the kind of club, usually not the kind of team that wants to cough up a lead. You know, once they get it, I mean, they they've done that many times in the past four years because past four years or so, Germany has not been the, the German national team that we've seen for decades and decades and decades. But based on, on what I saw, you know, I said to myself, well, this game can certainly go in a certainly different direction, but we got to see it. We, we got to see it to believe it. Like, I, I just I just did not want to. I did not want to basically sleep on Japan because honestly, like I said, because Steve has spoken about this. I mean, and when Steve basically praised Japan you know, when he praised them, gave him that credit, I mean, you, I, I was able to tell, it was pretty obvious that Steve's tone was basically in a way that he was basically annoyed by it. Like, he did not like how Japan was not being praised, you know, how they should be. And so, so Steve basically kind of basically aligned a lot of soccer fans, you know, that listened to the show, you know. So Japan kind of kept in it. And then even at one point, believe it or not, you know, Germany supposedly had a 2-0 lead, but Germany as well had one goal taken away because of an offside. And the way that happened was pretty interesting because, you know, see, Germany was basically attempting to score, and then the Japanese defense kind of, you know, makes a crucial stop and tries to get the ball away. They try to dribble the ball away, but Germany kind of intercepts it and then makes that pass. But then that German player just, you know, was offside. I mean, it was... It was, it was pretty... Uh, I mean, it, it was it was pretty pretty obvious, honestly. But but at this point, you know, when, when both teams have one goal taken away because of offside, I mean, that kind of really kind of that could cause a bit of a of a momentum kill. But you know, but Germany obviously had more chances after that because you know, overall in this game, Germany had nine shots on target, nine shots on target, and they can only make they can only score once. So. So we can't say that Germany didn't have their chance after that. So Germany, Germany could have won three to zero if they if they were able to convert some of their goals, but 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 Germany just could not take advantage. I mean, Germany basically dominated almost in every single possession. Germany had seventy three percent ball possession, nine shots on target, seven hundred and seventy one total passes, and while Japan only had two hundred sixty nine. I mean, Germany basically it was like they had it all, and I figured you know they could have you know easily won, but. But again, you know, once again, you know, e- even I made the mistake, you know, underestimating Japan in this one, and, you know, and I paid for it big time. Now, again, I still felt the same way about Japan for what Steve said, but I told myself, look, Japan is very, very good, you know, in their own way, but against Germany, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, the, the four, the four-time Asian champions versus, uh, I believe, three-time European champion and four-time world champion, so... You know, we, we kind of put it in that particular perspective, you kind of feel like, you know, Germany's really not going to allow themselves to lose. But then again, what did we see four years ago against South Korea? What did we see against Mexico as well? So, but then again, that was four years ago. So sometimes in these particular scenarios, you can't really, you can bring up the past, but you can't rely on it, if that makes any sense. Anyway, 
so you know Japan basically starts playing it, it starts showing these signs like they're just refusing to back out but again that that super unique style of play that they were utilizing was just so brilliant and again I say this with conviction the style that they were just that they were utilizing dude you don't see it in Europe I mean the fact that you know it, for me it's absolutely mind-boggling to see a brilliant style of play that you don't see the European heavyweights utilize. You don't even, you, the fact is, those European teams, they don't even know about it. This is something they would never, ever come up with. So, so Japan, you know, utilizing their own style is huge. Absolutely huge. It's magnificent. So anyway, so going, you know, back when, in the 75th minute, when Japan equalized, <laughs> Oh, boy, I said to myself, well, now we've got a game. Now we've got a game with 15 minutes to go in regular in regular time. Japan has equalized in the next 10 minutes or 10, 15 minutes or so. Now this things are, are going to get interesting. And I and I made myself a bet. I could not I could not decide who would do it out of those two. But I said to myself this. And I said this to my parents because my parents were watching. One of those two teams, there will be a game-winning goal. I guarantee you that. And I bet you it's going to be within the next 5 to 10 minutes. Surely enough, one of my predictions did come true at least. So, well, technically, well, I guess both my predictions did officially come true. Even though, because, again, I didn't pick a certain side on who would do it. But I predicted that one team would score within the next 10 minutes. Well, one team would score and then it would be within the next 10 minutes, which happened. And it turned out to be Japan. And that game-winning goal... I mean, right now I'm asking myself, which goal was better, the equalizer or the game-winner? I would have to say probably the game-winner because it was just a last... At the last second, out of just pure, just... Ugh. I don't want to say out of desperation because Japan basically just took a risk, waited until Germany was completely off guard. You know, it was that goalkeeper... I mean, the goalkeeper, Manuel Neuer, did not have a chance. I mean, oh. Oh, I mean, just basically right there, the ball just goes up, and then boom. I mean, I strongly encourage you. If you have not seen that game-winning goal, I strongly recommend that you do so. It is absolutely incredible. Now, is it good enough that it's going to be nominated for goal of the tournament? I mean, probably not, but you know what? Screw it. I'll say screw it. You know, every goal that you see that you know is brilliant and it's going to be talked about for the next 10 years or so. I mean, I'm telling you, in Japan, this is probably going to be talked about for the next 30, 50 years. I wouldn't be surprised if it was talked about for the rest of eternity because this is something huge that will go down in Japanese soccer right there. A 2-1 to victory against Germany in the World Cup. <laughs> that right there, I mean, honestly, you know, and I spoke to Keith, who's a strong supporter of the German national team, and he's much like me. He simply said, said it like it is. He said that Japan won fair and square because Keith basically explained that Germany had a bad second half. And in my case, Germany had a bad second half, just like the Team USA had a bad second half. Because somebody on Twitter that I know very well, I believe, uh, I'm not, I forgot who it was, but you know, he did go out on Twitter and say, and we thought that Team USA had a bad second half. <laughs> Germany had a bad second half too, and we could probably say that in Germany's case, it was far more frustrating for them. I mean, I guess uh, you can certainly see that right there, but uh, huh. I don't know. I mean, of course, the, the big story out of Germany is, you know, what they did during their, uh, the, the team photos before the game. I'm not going to get too much into detail about it. I mean, if you want the details, you, you can certainly go out and find it. But uh, I, I, I mean, 
it, it, it's just you know you know it, you know at the end of the day I, I don't know what to say but again you know everybody's you know talking about you know, what the German players did you know covered their mouths and everything so uh you know for me I I just I just basically you know focus on the game you know focus on the sport so and of course and who, and who posted that would be none other than Maximiliano Bretos the voice of LAFC who by the way <laughs> the same dude that predicted that Argentina would not recover from the, from the loss to Saudi Arabia. So my question to Maximiliano Bretos, if he happens to be listening, and just so you know, if, if he happens to be listening, just so you know, you are welcome to be on the show anytime. I, w- I would love to have you on along with my friend Steve. But my question to Maximiliano is this. If, Ar- if, if Since Maximiliano is predicting that Argentina won't recover, I, my, my question to Maximiliano is this. Will Germany be able to recover from this too? Well, well, oh, I should say, will Germany not be able to recover? So... I mean, Germany, honestly, I mean, obviously, the fact that, you know, Costa Rica got destroyed 7-0 by Spain, I mean, Germany Germany against Costa Rica, I mean, come on, okay, we're not, Germany's not losing it to, it's not losing it to uh, Costa Rica now. As far as playing Spain goes, I mean, I mean, Spain did destroy a bit of a weak Costa Rican team, which kind of makes me feel a little bit bad for my boy, Kaylor Navas, you know, Real Madrid legend, but... Honestly, uh, Germany's chances are definitely, uh, it's not going to be easy for them. I mean, especially going against Spain, but we'll just have to wait and see. But could you imagine, can you imagine Germany failing to make it out of the group stage in consecutive World Cups? (laughs) Oh, that would not be good. But hey, in my case, it would be one hell of a story. But, but no doubt about it, Japan deserved that win because, you know, again, like my buddy Keith said, Japan won fair and square. Japan was the better team, more disciplined, more driven, you know, like that. So I mean, see, Keith has a lot of uh, has a lot of love and respect for the game, so that's why he's simply telling it like it is. So you know, as far as Germany goes, I mean, I can come up with all the, I, I can basically come up with all the reasons of why they couldn't get the job done because the bottom line is they just didn't get it done. I mean, some could say they lost their focus, they fell asleep, they got arrogant. Again, there's all the there's all the reasons out there, but the bottom line is they did not get it done. They did not get it done, and Japan, but Japan did. Japan took advantage of it. So, oh, but you know, basically at this point, you, you, there's no denying that Japan deserved this win, and, and they wanted, they did a, a very very good job. So. You know, you know, not not to mention that you know earlier today Morocco managed to keep Croatia to a scoreless draw. So, I mean, this World Cup is just off to uh, quite a unique start. But you know, you got Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia. You got Japan beating Germany. Ugh. <laughs> you know, just take a look at all these results. I mean, you know, and honestly, right now we're still at the point that you know. We still haven't seen anything yet. We still haven't seen anything yet. And honestly, we still have a lot to see. So, ladies and gentlemen, brace yourselves because you have not seen anything yet. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 